Selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Learning about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happier. Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Okay, all kinds of things. Great seeing you as always. You know what? It's just one of these days, Daryl. I had three cups of coffee this morning, and I still haven't been able to kick my brain into this because this is a little segue into the fantastic podcast we're going to talk about here in a little bit. So I had to run to Starbucks and I had to get all my right, favorite there we go. tall Americano. I figured if I went grande, it would like, yeah, I don't know, it'd speed my brain up a little bit, but. Special shout out to Starbucks. I know our, our <laughs> podcast guest is probably going Tim Hortons, but never mind. <laughs> it's all good. For the record, Starbucks is not an official sponsor of from our podcast, but they it's do one of my drinks. Many of our conversations. <laughs> hey, welcome back. And they fuel sales as well. Whether you're a Starbucks person, you're a Dunkin' person, or you're Tim Hortons like me and our guest today, we want to welcome you back <laughs> to the Selling from the Heart podcast. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it selling from the heart. Larry, we just, <laughs> we're coming off an incredible weekend uh, that got kicked off on Saturday at noon in the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. We had an up close and personal this past week with Tom Hopkins in the group. Uh, just what an amazing thing to be able to get up close and personal with uh, a legendary thought leader and, and mentor. I mean, mentor uh, through books and tapes and all of that. It was, it was amazing. Uh, you know, I'm telling you, first of all, this is what you can expect when you come into the insiders group. You'll never know who's going to come out and hang hang out with us <laughs> in up close and personal. I mean, it was just an, it was an hour of pure gold. Here's what was interesting. This was super funny. So Tom, Tom chimes in about 10 minutes early and just goes to town. Just starts, just immediately starts going into the Tom Hopkins backstory. People are going, the first 10 minutes was pure gold. The whole hour was gold. The first 10 minutes was awesome. It's but, so great. Uh, this is what you get at the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. Yeah, and as much, as, as much gold as you get from thought leaders like Tom Hopkins and, and all just the incredible uh, roster of previous up-close and personal guests, um, as much as you get from from folks like that, we also get incredible encouragement and ideas from like-hearted sales professionals that are all headed in the same direction. And so if you're listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast and you're listening, you've listened to more than one episode. You said, no, I buy into the idea of Selling from the Heart. I buy into authentic relationships. I buy into meaningful value. Uh, if you buy into those things, you're going to absolutely love the Insiders Group and we'd love for you to join us. And when you do, you're actually going to get access to the archive of conversations we've had with all of these incredible thought leaders, uh, including the most recent one with Tom Hopkins. So just go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders. That's sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders and get access uh, to the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. Try it free for 30 days and uh, we'd love to get to know you. And I think you're really going to enjoy getting to know the community. Um, and this is uh, this is a fantastic time right now. I'm so excited about our guest today, Larry, because 
not only is he a sales expert, not only is he world renowned <laughs> and appeared in Harvard, Entrepreneur, Salesforce, Inc., all the places, he's also a fellow Canadian. So, Larry, why don't you introduce? Oh, y'all are gonna y'all are gonna gang up in. on me now, huh? Oh I know, yeah, but... totally, Larry. We got you surrounded. Oh, I I love what David. By the way, welcome, David Premer. We're we're just gonna have a blast. I've enjoyed getting to know David. Um, we're gonna talk about cerebral things, but we're gonna tie in empathy and authenticity and selling from the heart. This is gonna be a fantastic conversation. Welcome, David, to Selling from the Heart podcast. Oh, look, it's it's great to be with you here. Like I said, you know, in the, in the green one, we're going to be dropping the process and the project. <laughs> and and maybe after we're done, you can hook me up with some of this Starbucks money that I've apparently been missing. So <laughs> well, I got to Star- figure out how to get on that train. Well, hey, dude, there's Starbucks in the virtual green room. You had to choose between Starbucks and Tim Hortons. So, but me personally, I'd have Tim Hortons. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I actually used him it's, it, not to necessarily get into kind of selling tactics, but Tim Hortons, it, you know, as many people know in Canada is a Canadian institution, but it's been really interesting to see how their advertising has kind of changed and tweaked over the last little while as they actually try to kind of up-level their brand because they're getting so much competition from the Starbucks of the world. They've always been kind of like the, you know, kind of the native Canadian, you know, kind of hometown thing, but yeah, and, and less expensive, but they're having a hard time competing. And so it's, oh, you know, we, we'll get yeah. into that later on. We're talking it's, coffee. Yeah. We're talking yeah. sales. <laughs> it's, we're David, bringing them all together. No. You know the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and that is, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? You know what? The, the biggest thing that I think about is this idea of authenticity. And I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, if you have kids out there, like if, not, I'm sure there's no kids listening to this per se, but if you have kids and you're listening to this, <laughs> Think about this. So I have kids. I have two teenagers and a and a one who's a little younger. And and when they come to me, and they're about to hit me up for something that they believe that I'm going to say no to, right? Or they're gonna they're gonna get some resistance. They want to download an app, or they need a lift, or like a sugary treat, right? Like I I can tell immediately, right? Just by the way they approach me. And so I could argue that they're not selling from the heart because they're not being authentic, and because they're not being authentic. I can tell, like, like I, I can yeah. tell that it's like a pitch, right? You know where I'm coming from here? Yeah, yeah, big time. Uh, you know, we don't even have to go any farther because here, and by the way, a great example to segue <laughs> in, and it, but it's the truth. So if we if we tie this into sales, it's the same thing. We'll call it sincerity, insincerity, David. Mm-hmm. Right? If salespeople out there are gonna put on the sincerity suit. Hey, you like that one, Daryl? The sincerity suit. I did. God. <laughs> Trademark Larry Levine. Oh, <laughs> right. you you heard it, it here first, hey, folks. You're gonna, hey, you're going to tell the Americanos kicking in on this one. <laughs> there we serious. go. If we, if we put on the sincerity suit and we're having these conversations, but we're insincere with the follow through and all that, it's no different than what David was just saying. So we have to be congruent. Just the tip of the cap to Dave Sanderson as he coaches and mentors Daryl and I on this because he's always talking about congruency. Yeah. Does the walk match the talk, right, David? Absolutely. And it's funny, like, it, you know, when it comes to my kids, like they're not so sophisticated where they're picking their words or these kinds of things. It's just like, it's this, it's the tone, it's the mannerisms, which we can all tell. Mm-hmm. But I'd say like, it's, it, when it comes to modern selling, there's a spectrum of things. So even if I have the tone and the mannerisms down, but then I'm using these like really fancy, you know, 50 cent words that human beings don't say to each other in real life. Like it feels like I plucked it, you know, from the marketing headlines. Like people (laughs) can tell that too, right? So it's actually deceptive. It's funny to say, oh, just be, 
sell from the heart. Just be like sincere, be authentic. But it's actually this kind of crazy combination of things, tone, words, you know, demeanor, that in many cases in sales, we've been taught to fake over the years. And in a way, we have to un almost unlearn to be our authentic selves. Mm. Yeah, when you just think of the synergies between the productivity and yeah, enhancements right. and the blah, 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 right? It's, it's, like, it's, it's like we get in this <laughs> corporate robot, right? So I'm really intrigued. So cerebral selling, cerebral selling, and, and you talk about this blend of science and empathy. Those things seem like they're uh, not necessarily connected right off the top. Uh, I'm curious what the science is telling you about empathy and and like what's... What are you learning? What's it, what 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 is what's been the light bulb moment behind cerebral selling and and what we what we need to be doing and how we need to be approaching this as reps? For sure. Well, look. So I started my career over twenty years ago as a as a research scientist, and I say it's funny because we all just get into sales by accident. Like no one plans to get into <laughs> right. sales. So that happened to me in my journey. And so I started out as a solutions engineer, solutions consultant. So I'll shout out if you have SCs listening out there. I was kind of like a, 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 a demo jockey, if you want to call me that, for <laughs> seven or eight years of these enterprise startups. And it was great. I loved it. And that's kind of where I got my foothold in selling. And then, you know, as I kind of transitioned, I, I've, I've been a part of four high growth startups and, and three of them ended up being acquired. And one which I helped start was acquired by Salesforce. So I came over with the ship. I was at Salesforce for five years. So I love sales, right? But I realized that that people who love to buy things also hate talking to salespeople. And so as I kind of, you know, kind of went through my sales career and as I was being asked to do more and more, make the calls, like, you know, say this, like it's the end of the month. There's never been a better time to buy. And you start doing all these things that are not unethical and they're not categorically ineffective. But they just when I was so I've been a VP of sales four times when people were trying to sell me stuff because I'm like ground zero for people who want to sell me stuff none of the stuff they were doing was working on me, right? Mm. Like I wasn't answering my phone. I wasn't responding to the LinkedIn messages because I realized, I'm going to say this quietly, I don't like talking to salespeople. What? Oh, I know. Can oh you believe it? Can you believe it? Can, can we edit repeat this that? out? No. Repeat? no. <laughs> don't tell anyone. You got to repeat that one, but shout it a little louder. You don't have to whisper that okay. one. <laughs> well, no. So it's funny, right? When I, I I work with clients and I said, like, who here, you know, you could be given a keynote. Who here likes talking to salespeople? In a room of salespeople, like very few people. In my in, in my scientific, you know, thousands of people have asked, maybe 70 or 80% of people will say no. So then I thought, okay, well, this isn't good because this is the thing that I love. And I love selling. And, and, you know, I love the authentic selling, selling from the heart. And so my natural inclination was to kind of go back into my like education roots and scientific roots and say, OK, and my my, my science background was was engineering and chemistry. And it wasn't like in the psycho psychological sciences. So I said, OK, I love to learn. So let me figure this out. And as I started kind of picking apart the world of sales, almost like an engineering problem, I realized that, yes, like there is a, there are actually scientific studies and research out there that tell us you know, and give us clues as to what people respond to, the messages, the approach, the mm -hmm. tone. And, and that's like when, from a science perspective, yes, like there's all this data and research that goes into like how people make decisions and so on. But then harmonizing that with the empathy, which mm -hmm. it has to do with like the tone, the approach and this kind of stuff. But I'll tell you, like the biggest thing that people get wrong when they try to kind of when they, they skew too far towards empathy is they say things like, hey, look, I don't, I don't like talking to salespeople. I don't like to be bothered. So you know what? I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to bother my customers. I'll call them once or twice. If they're not interested, I'm going to back off. And I kind of, can I 
Can I say bullshit? Can I call bullshit? Is that okay on your show? You already, you can, well, you, can call it. It. you already said That's it. Out so it's out. <laughs> Starbucks will edit that out. But That's no, I'm, so, so I'm it's calling. A, it's a Canadian phrase for those <laughs> that are not familiar with it. So no, I say I say bullshit. I said, hey, look, if you're right. if you're selling authentically and selling from the heart, like sometimes you know if you're working with some, let's say it's a loved one and 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 you're trying to get them to make a change in their life for the better. Sometimes it takes a lot of nudging and it takes a lot of encouragement and it takes a lot of caring to push them in that direction. And that's actually yeah. interesting when you see the data and it says that the average person, like the average BDR has to spend, you know, eight to 10 outreaches before they actually connect with a buyer. Mm -hmm. That's not being annoying. It's not even being like rudely persistent. You're actually helping them because ultimately when they decide to go with you, and I've heard this time and time again, I've had this personal experience. They say, thank you. Like, thank you for staying on me. Like imagine your loved yeah. one, right? Like, mm -hmm. so empathy does not give you the excuse to be lazy. Right. Ah. That's, that's the so God, this is great stuff. I, I, I still want to drill into the research and the science behind this. Um, so we all can geek out for a little bit, but if the research and the science speaks volumes to this, then I want to flip this around. If we know this, then what prevents this in your opinion, David? It's a good quote. Well, it's like, there's a lot of things that we know. And I actually talk about it in my book and I'm going to, I'm going to botch the statistic, but you know, when you think about uh, like health and wellness and there's never been more health and wellness information out there in the sphere. And yet, you know, the percentage of Americans that are obese continues to increase every year. Right. And, and management practices as well. Jeff Effer and, and Bob Sutton from Stanford, they talk about this, their book, the knowing doing gap, which is like, why are there so many gaps in our leadership practices when there's so much knowledge about leadership? So part of it is just kind of matching these two things up. Like we know oftentimes what to do, but we've been taught to do different things over the course of our careers. And the way I kind of almost describe it, this is the, the first chapter of my book I called the Cobra Kai paradox. Mm. So I'm, I'm 46 years old. So when I was uh, nine in 1984, uh, the movie, The Karate Kid came out <laughs> and, and I think about, and now, you know, it's, it's now back, right? In the mainstream and, and Netflix and so on. And the way I kind of think about like the Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid, you know, universe is that these aren't bad kids. Like these bully jerk kids that are beaten up. On, they're not bad kids. They're good kids. They were just taught by someone who they mistakenly put their trust in. Hmm. And so what happens is, and, and, and again, you know, was Sensei John Kreese trying to twist them? That's a whole other story. But <laughs> in the sales sphere, like we just learned from our sensei. Right. Mm -hmm. and, the, and their sensei learns from their sensei. And whoever your sensei was, that's kind of who you grow up to be. And because there's no sales school, there's no like medical board of sales that you need to be certified, everyone can do it in every way. And also because there's so many different kinds of buyers out there, you know, I might say, hey, you know what? Like you, you absolutely should not do this practice. But you tell me, hey, look, I've had tremendous success with that because maybe that's what your buyer's like. Right. So we just end up taking on the form and the industry and the people and the leaders, whatever, you know, that we learn from. And that takes us off the path of like, what is like the real true answer? Like, what does the science actually tell us? That's one of the big reasons. Oh, hey, this this is so good. So here, here's a quick question. Who is your sensei? <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, it's 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 great. So I know I'm very grateful. I've had a lot of great senseis over the years and especially at Salesforce. So I used to run mm -hmm. small business sales for the Eastern US. And in the commercial segment there, we had some amazing empathetic leaders that I fully credit with kind of, you know, helping me kind of not just get on this path, but also realize like you can do sales and still have a conscience and do it in a very ethical and, and above board way. So I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I credit, you know, that, but also I think deep down inside, you know, when you think about like an individual learning how to sell, 
oftentimes, even, you know, even the best sellers, you go to them and, and you say, do you, do you sometimes feel like a little gross? Like, ex <laughs> you know, like sometimes when you execute a tactic that someone, it's the end of the month, end of the quarter, and you, you call the customer, and you say, there's never been a better time to buy. Now it's, a, is that, <laughs> does that, how does that make you feel? And, and a lot, for a lot of us, we are actually emotionally encumbered. And mm -hmm. I, I tell a, a quick story of a, of a BDR who reached out to me and he, it was like the standard pitch, like, oh, we can help you with value this, value that. And I, and I basically, you know, instead of you know, taking a meeting with him, I said, hey, look, you know, Daryl, I'm sure you're a lovely, lovely guy here. Here's some advice because I care about you and I, I don't mm -hmm. want to see you go down this path. And I gave him some advice and he shot me a note back. He's like, David, like my, I hope my VP is not listening into my emails now, but he said, I would have loved to get the meeting with you, but this interaction has been the most valuable thing I've done all day, even if I didn't get the meeting, uh -huh. because it's like this admission, right? It's like the, you're all right, right LaRusso at the end of the karate kid. It's like, okay, I know this, this wasn't really like, wasn't me. It wasn't me selling authentically, even sometimes if I can fake it a little bit. And so that's the thing we have to stamp out, like selling from the heart, selling authentically, selling the way you buy is just, you know, acting as, as you would like to be sold to, but mm -hmm. also understanding the pathways and mechanisms behind which people make purchasing decisions so you can align your sales motion that way. So when you started this journey of research, what was the most surprising thing that you discovered through all of it? You know what? Like, so, so for some people, like the way I kind of describe it is I call it unconscious selling, which is it not like not unconscious, meaning like, you know, unethical or whatever. What mm -hmm. I'm referring to is there's a lot of people that are doing really good things out there, mm -hmm. but they don't know why what they're doing is so good. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so like, and we meet these people, I'm not talking mm -hmm. even about bona fide sellers. You could be like a hairdresser. You could be a personal trainer. There's a lot of, you know, non-sale sellers out there, customer success, and you're doing all these great things, but you don't know why these things work or why they don't. And if you're doing well, but, but lacking this knowledge, then you're missing out on a huge opportunity. And if you're doing the, on the dark side, if you're doing the bad things and you don't mm -hmm. know why you're, you should stop doing them, then not only are you not going to be successful, but you're going to ruin it for everyone else. So to me, <laughs> that was the biggest thing that, you know, when I, when I kind of got into this is like, oh my gosh, there's all this knowledge. Why aren't to your question, why aren't more people doing this? Like there's a lot of unconscious sellers out there more, more so than I, than I realized. Mm -hmm. God, you, th this is this is really fascinating stuff because as I'm listening to what you're saying, David, I don't know this has popped into my head. So listeners, just bear with me. The coffee and the americanos are kicking in on this, <laughs> but I believe this is a gift. And, and here's why: one of my favorite comedians is um, Steve Harvey, and you might know Steve Harvey from Family Feud and his botch up on the the Miss America pageant you know, many, many years ago, but he has a saying, and he's a highly religious guy as well. And he goes, I'm a firm believer that everyone's been given a gift. Now he's been given the gift of being funny. And he goes, you either go, you know, you don't go to school to learn how to be funny. It's either you're either funny or you're not funny. But I think some of the things that, that we're talking about, and again, there's no scientific research or anything behind this. It's just my take on this based on how I look up to Steve Harvey is I believe when it comes to empathy and authenticity, we all have it. But some of us have the better gift at it than others, if you get what I'm saying. I do. I mean, the good thing about what we're talking about here in selling is that you can learn this stuff. You know, I firmly believe, you know, the, the best sellers can be made. But I agree with you. There are some people that just skew naturally, which is actually why I think 
you have a lot of these like unconsciously good mm-hmm. sellers, you know, who don't realize maybe the gift they've been given. If only they could, you know, learn to harness it. Yeah. So what can I, I, I totally see that. I'm just going through like all these mental images that people have known over the years who've had natural empathy skills and crushed it when applied correctly in sales. And I'm also some, like you said earlier, who may have empathy skills, but they don't have the other side of it. And so they, they really, they don't do well. Um, coach us, if you would, on developing empathy. What would you say to that sales professional that goes, okay, I buy into this. I see what you're saying, David. How, I mean, how do I develop empathy? I'm not born with it. I'm not naturally an empathetic person, but I, I do, you know, wh- how, do, how do you coach someone to do that? What, the, what would you say? So there's a couple of things I would say. Like number one is, is pattern recognition. Mm. And, and number two is just learning the tactics. So when I say pattern recognition, and it's fun. So my wife, God bless her. She's a t- maybe she can hear me now. She's upstairs. She's a teacher. She's a sixth. Gra- it's funny. Here's an American Canadian difference. <laughs> yes. When I Americans say sixth grade, she's a sixth grade, grade teacher. Six. And Canadians, we say grade six teacher. I'm with you. I'm tracking. Yeah. There you go. So, <laughs> in case so the Americans are listening, she's a sixth grade. Hey, teacher. hey thanks for clarifying that for me, David. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you it. You wouldn't have gotten it otherwise. Right? <laughs> so so when my kids, you know, come to her with a problem, and she's used to listening to kids' problems all day, she's very good at kind of pausing. And mirroring mm-hmm. back to them, oh, honey, you're, I know you're probably really upset because your sister tore up your picture and you worked so hard on it. And and if, if my kid came to me, I'd be like, okay, all right, well, let's find your sister and let's deal, you know, let's deal with this. Right. I mean, you know, from a character, from a, I'm being facetious, but like yeah. my wife is really good at picking up on when it's time to inject that empathy and, and show the person that we understand where they're coming from. And so part of it is just pattern recognition. And oftentimes when I've been on the kind of the, the, the bad end of a sales rep executing a tactic to a customer that backfired. And then somehow it got escalated to me, which there were many of those. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it was the tactic that they learned was quite sound, mm-hmm. but the way they executed it, they didn't recognize that they didn't have the situational awareness of, of what was happening and they didn't execute it at the right time. And, and we've all experienced this. When we get off a call and we're like, shoot, I should have like handled that objection this way, right? Like, why didn't I recognize that pattern? So part of empathy is like that pattern recognition of knowing when it's time to lean in and execute the tactic. And then the other part is just the tactic itself. You know, like, for example, if we're talking about, you know, one of the things I talk about in my book is, you know, quite simply giving customers permission to say no. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm if um, if you feel pressured, you're going to automatically resist. And it's interesting, you know, and, and this is like a non this is like a nonpartisan comment I'm about to make. But look at what's happening with with mask mandates. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not that, you know, maybe some people believe in masks or maybe they don't. But then there's a group of people that say, I'm not going to wear the mask because you're telling me to wear the mask. Right. Like that's that's almost the reason why I don't want to do it. So the same thing happens in sales is that when we feel like we're when we're kind of pressuring the customer to do something, even if it's something as simple as if you've, you've probably experienced this, you're in the mall, you walk into some clothing store and and someone comes over and says, excuse me, sir, can I help you find something? Yeah. And what do you say? No, uh, no, not right now. I'm just looking. You say, yeah, because what if I say yes, then I'm now giving consent for you to do all your sleazy sales stuff to me. So I say mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. because it puts me in a position of defense. Whereas if the salesperson had just done something very simple, like, hey, look, sir, can I help you find something? And if you want to look around and, and I won't bother you, just just say the word. If they gave you that, you would actually be, scientifically speaking, 400 percent more likely to come back and say, actually, there is something I need 
help with, right? Because you're not feeling that pressure. So sometimes as it relates to empathy, sometimes it's just the knowledge of some of these tactics and when it, when scientifically speaking, it makes sense to, to lean in and when it makes sense to kind of take the pressure off can have a huge impact on your ability to convert customers. Hey, I'm just, I'm just curious. God, this is good stuff. Cause I'm, I'm just thinking about what you were just saying. Do you have best, is there best buys in Canada? I'm just curious. There are. Yeah. Okay. So the, the best buy in the city that I live in, they have two people sitting at a, this, this, this is absolute truth. They have two people sitting at a front desk. And to your point, Here's how they, here's how they ask the question every, every single time I've been in there, what can I help you find today? Because the people, and I go, I, I was, just, I asked them one day, why, why do you say this? Because people are coming in here for something. They don't so just they have, wander in accidentally. Yeah. They're not just wandering into a Best Buy to shop around, right? <laughs> they're going in there for a reason. So they have two people sitting at a front desk to your point. What can I help you find today? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me direct you. And I, yeah. I love that because it's like, okay, it's 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 calling out, hey, look, you, you're right. You walked in for a reason. It's a little different because like a Best Buy, there are Best Buys in malls, but you're less likely to, to your point to wander. You got to park your car. You got to walk yeah. in and it's like more deliberate. So yeah, I agree. Even in, you know, I read this really interesting article that talked about in retail, like you go to the Gap to buy a t-shirt and they also have someone stationed at the front. But what they also do is that person at the front isn't just like standing there, like, you know, ready to go. They're folding clothes. They're like moving stuff back and forth. And 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 why do they have to do that there? Like, can't they fold clothes somewhere else, right? They do that so that they, it gives the impression that they're busy doing something else, right? They're not there for you. They're not just it. waiting for someone to walk in. Exactly. I just happen to be. And then they say stuff like, hey, you know, sir, I, I just got to go into the back for a few minutes to get some more shirts. But, you know, I'll be back. And if you have any questions, then let me know. It, it gives the impression <laughs> that I'm not here just for you. I'm having flashbacks, David, to, uh, I think it was between my sophomore and junior year, my first straight commission sales job at Multitech Warehouse Direct. Nobody leaves without a box under their arm. That's a whole other episode <laughs> of stuff to unpack right there. We, we definitely got a not so great start in sales. We got a lesson in not what and what not to do. This, this is, um, sorry for the uh, Canadian down the road journey for my fellow friend from Ontario, but the, um, you know, this whole, this whole topic of empathy, I think is so critical right now. And as we wrap up, we just came out of um, earlier in the month of October, the trust building challenge. And the reason Larry and I put that challenge together is, is we recognized this thread in all the common things is we talk to enterprise sales enablement people, sales, VPs of sales, um, all in, in sales professionals that the common thread was it's, no one trusts salespeople, but it's like, in some ways it's harder than ever. Um, it's in empathy. Ty, uh, what, what did your research show or what is your experience shown in terms of the, the power of empathy, how do empathy and trust relate together from what you've seen? That's what I'm mm -hmm. trying to ask. It's interesting, you know, is there, a, I haven't seen a study that, you know, because how do you measure empathy? Right, right. You measure great it question. It's a little bit harder to measure empathy, but like I have seen studies and reports that talk about trust in professions and sales mm -hmm. is consistently at the, you know, right. the bottom, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's not good. But, you know, I think if we, if we execute on some of the tactics we talked about here, like treat others the way that you want to be treated, but also be mindful of how they make purchasing decisions make life easy for them. Cause I love mm. that best by example where it's like, my job is to make life easy for you. It's funny. I'll just as a, as a quick little vignette on that, uh, my third startup, we used to have a free trial 
And so people would sign up for the free trial. And then of course, like as a BDR, you're thinking, okay, I got to pounce on these people with the free trial and then I figure out how I'm going to convert them. And so we kind of changed our talk track from, you know, oh, hey, you know, uh, let me help you and, and, and all this kind of stuff to, hey, look, I, I know you signed up for the free trial, which probably means you're going to be like clicking around. Would you be interested in saving some clicking around time? And I, I could just kind of explain it to you. And for a lot of people, that was a huge draw. You know, now they're, yes, I would love to save some clicking around time because that really in the back <laughs> of my head, that's what I, you know, that's what I thought this would be. And so right. we, we do things sometimes as buyers, like we, you know, we, we sign up for free trials or we ask for references. Like my, my whole, I have a whole talk track on references. My, my view on references is that it's a bit of a statement of fear. When mm -hmm. I, when someone asks to speak to a reference, it means that like, Hey, look, I, I don't think this is going in the direction where I want. So I just want to speak to someone who's not you. That's right. going to tell me everything's going to be okay. <laughs> right. right. And yeah. so yeah. I don't really want to speak to a reference. It's just a bit of a cry for, you know, help and security. So mm. if a salesperson can pick up on that, right, which takes a mm -hmm. lot of pattern recognition and empathy, then they can lead their customer through the process and be a lot more prescriptive, which actually not only from a conversion standpoint is good practice, but like when you think about how many solutions, especially in the technology world, which I know we, we probably work a lot, you know, in all of us, there's so many solutions in the market and for, to an average customer, it's so dizzying and they don't care about your stupid platform and the bits and bytes and it's made with recycled aluminum. So to the extent that we can be prescriptive and actually realize that our customers are really busy and our job is to help save them some time, that dose of empathy can accelerate the sales cycle and ultimately make those customers feel like we are helpful, trustworthy people that understand their needs and they're more willing to kind of come back to us. If I can, I'll just finish off with a Best Buy example because now, you know, not sponsored by Best Buy, but maybe we can chase, we can <laughs> or chase Starbucks. Those, or yeah. Starbucks. <laughs> We're chasing some of those dollars. So, <laughs> so, so imagine you go into Best Buy and you want to buy a TV and there's like, there's a Samsung and an LG and a Sony. And you say to the sales, sales rep there, tell me about these TVs. Like what's, what, what's the difference? And then they go to the, like the little cards underneath the TV. <laughs> I, right. I know where, I know where I, you're going. I personally had this happen in, in the last like, well, 60 days. You know what I'm talking about. They right. start reading the cards and you're thinking to yourself like, I'm not an idiot. I could have done that. Okay? Right. I want you to tell me the stuff that's not on the cards. I want exactly. you to tell me like which, which breaks down more and what's the average cost to repair and how long the mm -hmm. lamp life, like all these things I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what I mean by being prescriptive. If you want to build trust with your customers, recognizing the journey that they're on and helping meet them, you know, at that journey can help a ton. I mean, it's empathetic and it can help build trust and being more prescriptive in that respect can help them see you as someone who's valuable and worth coming back to. Because I would come back to that Best Buy sales rep who told me the thing that I don't know or can't learn about <laughs> on the card of the TV. Someone who's just reading the card like that's that's in my book. I call that the known spoken. That's like, if you don't know that, we shouldn't allow you to speak to customers, right? That's not <laughs> well, I knew this was going to be a fun conversation, David. And, uh, you know, not only has it been a fun conversation, but our new friends at Starbucks and Best Buy have uh, <laughs> they love definitely, us uh, definitely got some yeah. loves there. Free coffee and electronics, actually two of my favorite things. So, hey, um, Cerebral Selling, how can we learn more? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I, I actually been accused of giving away too much stuff for free, but go, you know, go ahead. Uh, it's at CerebralSelling.com is my website. I have a YouTube channel and Instagram page uh, by the same names where I give out tons of free content. And the awesome. book is called Sell the Way You Buy, and it's available on Amazon. It's on uh, audiobook, wherever you buy books, you can find it.
Awesome. Oh, You'll find the link so in the good. show notes as well. David, what a blast. Always fun hanging out with fellow Canadian. And, and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insight with us today. It's been fantastic. Oh, no, like I'm, I'm a fan of both of you. It's been great to connect. And uh, thank oh, you thanks. for inviting me to connect with your audience. Awesome. See you later, awesome. Oh, wow. I could, I could, what a great where do you go with this? So many great but, things. But you know what is, if I reflect back on the last 30 minutes with, with David, it's, I'm going to go back. This stuff's not rocket science. Mm -hmm. It's really not rocket science. It's, it's almost treat people the same way you'd want to be treated. That's why yeah. I just, that's why I just love in the very beginning, you know, and the, and the premise around some of the stuff in his book is as sellers, we're not selling the same way we're buying. Yeah. It's that absolutely. simple. Yeah, absolutely. And this is so important for us to remember that. And I think the, the concepts have been shared today. I love the fact that it's backed with research and backed with, you know, this is stuff we know. Um, but I'm also encouraged by the fact that empathy is something that isn't just an, you know, inherent trait. It can be developed, nurtured. And I think this is something that is so important for us to, re to remember. And I, you know, in the, in the selling from the heart audience, you know, this is an incredible community of sales professionals uh, around the world that are dedicated to being genuine and authentic and, and all of these things. And there's a lot of natural empathy in our community. However, there is, there's work to be done. Right. And I love that quote earlier that said, just empathy does not mean you're lazy. <laughs> like, whoa, you know, some people mistake empathy with laziness or just, oh, I feel yeah. you, you know, I don't have to be persistent. I don't have to be detailed. I don't have to follow through and follow up all of these things that are, you know, the disciplined habits component of the trust formula. Uh, and so this is, uh, this is such, such rich stuff. Uh, it's, it's, so there's, there's so many nuggets. I, I even, you know what? I even love that. I dropped the sincerity suit. I don't know why. It's just like, boom. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> hey, by the way, if you missed the trust building challenge, uh, you don't want to miss it. We recorded the whole thing. You can share it with your coworkers, with your clients, uh, anybody that, uh, is in sales has a sales team or just is in a profession where they need to nurture and develop trust. Go to 2021trustchallenge.com. You'll get access to all the recordings, and you'll also learn about the, the uh, Trust Building Intensive, which is kicking off here right around the time this podcast is launching. If you want to know more about that, just reach out to me or Larry. But until next time, I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who is sharing the podcast, leaving reviews. It helps us. It helps fuel the movement of authenticity in the sales profession. So thank you for that. And until next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, grow in empathy, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.